How many of you are feeling a little sick? All right. How many of you have written, that's uh, Chikra, right? Yeah, okay. How many of you love roller coasters? Okay, very good. That's, our, that's uh, what we called our series, okay? Because roller coaster is ups and downs and twists and turns, and that's exactly what life is like also. A lot of ups and downs, twists and turns. We, do, we love the ups. We hate the downs. But, you know, uh, probably the, the down times of our life is when we discover a greater truth. And today we want to talk about how you can get resurrected. Some of you are saying, Pastor Ron, I'm not dead. And uh, maybe that's true and maybe it's not. <laughs> All right. But the reality is there can be dead places in our life. And those are very important. Everybody in the Bible had ups and downs. And so we chose Peter. We're looking at the life of Peter. He was a follower, like us, okay, just like us. And he had a lot of ups. He had a lot of downs. And especially the down was the last week of Jesus' life on earth. Now, on the first day of that week, Peter had an up. He had a high. A Palm Sunday high, when the whole city was welcoming him and crying out, Hosanna. But that didn't last long, you know that. And the rest of the week, that final week of Jesus' life was a roller coaster, ups and downs. And on Friday, Peter surely hit rock bottom, the lowest point of his life. Jesus was arrested by a mob of religious leaders and they conducted a kangaroo court in the middle of the night so that they could condemn him to death. In Matthew chapter 26, we read about Peter plunging into the lowest point of his life. Verse 69. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came to him and said, Hey, you're with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you're talking about. When he'd gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it, and this time with an oath, and said, I do not know the man. A little while later, the bystanders came, and they said to Peter, Surely you're one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know that man. And immediately, a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word that Jesus had said to him, Peter, before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. What do you do when you're blown up? When you sin? When you've done what you thought you'd never do? When you do the same thing that you said you'd never do again. We can't undo sin, can we? We can't undo the ones we've done. 
We can't undo the ones others have done to us. But my friend, through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can be resurrected from those bodies and we can live again. We Christians uh, shouldn't sin, <laughs> but we know we do. And every one of the disciples, Jesus' disciples, they sinned. They failed Jesus. One sold him for 30 pieces of silver. When the mob came, all of them deserted him. Peter, the lead disciple, denied he even knew Jesus three times. Peter cursed. I don't know that man. Even as he was watching Jesus being beaten and tortured and driven through the city streets like an animal and nailed to a cross and hung there naked to die. And nothing, nothing could undo the worst miscarriage of justice in human history. Peter couldn't undo it. He couldn't undo what he said. I don't know that man. And he sealed it with a curse to prove he was a real man. And friend, I'm not judging Peter. When I was a teenager, there were times I denied knowing Jesus. Even now, sometimes my actions seem to say, I don't know Jesus. When the rooster crowed after Peter's third denial, just as Jesus had said, Peter ran away. He ran out of the crowd. He ran away weeping bitterly. The word means violently. His whole body heaving. And finally, when he had no more fluid to make tears, he sat alone, stunned and silent and depressed. And, and now it was Peter that was being tortured. Not, not with a crown of thorns rammed onto his head like Jesus, or not from nails being driven into his hands and feet. Peter was being tortured by his guilt. How could I have sworn I didn't know Jesus. Peter had done the thing he vowed he'd never do. Failure overwhelmed him. There was nothing he could do to undo what he did. There was nothing he could do to make it right. He was sure he'd suffer for the rest of his life. One day a woman sat in my office she was tortured like Peter. She had had an affair. The affair had destroyed her family. She lost her loving husband. She lost her children. And now she was coming for the counsel that she'd refused to listen to for months. So what was done couldn't be undone. And she felt like there's nothing I can do. And friend, I want to tell you, there is something you and I can do. There is something we can do to let Jesus resurrect us. Mark chapter 16 tells us all about that. On Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, went out and they purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. And very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise on the third day, 
payment for their sins. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, these three women, these three women, these three ladies loved Jesus so much. They got up in the middle of the night. They got up before sunrise on the third day to go anoint the body of Jesus. In, in the hot climate, the hot Middle Eastern climate there, Jesus' body would have already started to decay. The odor would have been awful. But they loved Jesus so much. They were willing to endure the horrid smell of the corpse to give the Son of God the honor of which he'd been robbed. They took expensive oil. They wanted to anoint Jesus' body. They wanted the sweet fragrance of that oil to cover the smell of death in that tomb. You know, maybe they were there a few weeks earlier when Mary had anointed Jesus with costly perfume. And everybody there, including the disciples, said, well, that was a waste. And Jesus said it wasn't a waste. It was worship. And now these three ladies... On the third day, they're going to the tomb for one last beautiful act of holy love to, care, to cover, try to cover up the horrible injustice. But here's where the story turns. Verse 3. On the way, they were asking each other, who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? The stone used to seal that tomb would have been huge. It would have been heavy. So heavy there was no way they could move it. But they went anyway. And verse 4 tells us, but as they arrived, they looked up and they saw the stone, which was very large. It had already been rolled aside. Who rolled that stone away? Well, we know Matthew tells us that God sent an angel. God did it. And so this morning, what are the lessons that we need to learn? The life lessons from the ups and the downs, all right? What are the life lessons that God just wants so desperately for us to know and to live out in our life? And here's the first one. Let God roll the stone away. Let God do that. For you. We know that God didn't move the stone to let Jesus out. He moved the stone to let us in. Into the presence of Jesus. And friends, God wants to roll away the stone, the stones that keep you and me from Jesus. God wants to roll away things that keep us from being close to him. And let's be honest. All of us have things in our life that can be those stones that stand in the way of us fully following the Lord Jesus Christ and living for him. And one of those stones is sin. Is sin. The sins we've done. And we can't undo them. We can't go back. We can't undo sin. But God can move the stone that's keeping us from the one who saved us. We can't change what we've done. 
but God can change us. And that's what's really important. We can't change our past, but God can change our future, and he wants to. Friend, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, whatever your life as a Christian has been characterized, whatever you have done, God wants to take you into a wonderful future of being a fully devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so easy for us to let the sins and the failures of the past keep us from that. Let God roll that stone away. Number two, life lesson number two, let the God who resurrected Jesus resurrect you. You know what? Sin deadens us. It deadens us to God. It deadens us to other people. We're not really living. That's what God created us for. When, when there's sin that's unconfessed and not taken care of, not dealt with. And Jesus wants to resurrect us from that. He died for it. He was resurrected to forgive and cleanse and take away sin. And he wants us to experience that personally in our life. Wow. How do we let God resurrect us? Well, we do what the three ladies did here and and what we see Peter uh, did too when we come to him as well. We do what what genuine Christians should want to do, okay? And that's life lesson number three. We come to Jesus. We come to Jesus, and we don't let anything or anyone stop us. Because we're going to go. These ladies, they didn't let something stop. They got up before sunrise. Okay, why? Because once the sun rose, They'd have to haul water from the wells. They'd have to bake bread over a fire. They'd have to go down to the lake or river and wash clothes. They'd have to care for the children until late into the night. They would be working all day. Why did they get up so early? Because they wouldn't have any time after daybreak. So they did it before daybreak. See, that was the reality for for them. They could have very easily let their desire for sleep stopped them from being obedient. No. We put Jesus first. We're going to do this first. Because if we don't do it first, we probably will never get around to it. And early in the morning was the only time for them that other things and other people wouldn't keep them from spending time with Jesus. Want to let God roll the stone away that's keeping you from being close to Jesus Christ? Set a time, an uninterrupted time, when no one, nothing, or no person will stop you from being with the Lord Jesus Christ. They came early. Uh, They also came, or excuse me, they also walked where no one else was walking, right? (laughs) There was nobody else going down to the tomb. There were no crowds at the empty tomb that day. Just like there are no crowds that are clamoring to be with Jesus 
today uh, in America. Multitudes in America are not clamoring to be with Jesus, are they? And there probably won't be crowds. I don't think there'll be crowds wanting to be close to Jesus until Jesus comes again. And then everyone will want to be close to him, but then it'll be too late. Let's put Jesus first where he belongs. Let's not just say he's first. Let's put him first. Let's come to Jesus. And God, then he'll move that stone that keeps us down spiritually and relationally and emotionally and eternally. And the God who resurrected Jesus, he wants to resurrect you. He wants to resurrect me. God has the power to do that. If you put Jesus first, God will move that stone. (laughs) God will move that stone that weighs you down and keeps you from getting close to the one you need to be closest to, the Lord Jesus. Oh, he lifted these ladies up. Can you imagine their mood from the time that they saw Jesus hanging on that cross dying up until the time they are walking in the dark to the tomb of Jesus thinking they'll never see him again. And can you imagine how they came alive that day when Jesus resurrected them? Let's continue. We want to turn our attention to Peter now. And we, his story picks up in chapter 16 of Mark, verse 5. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The men were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. <laughs> You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified? No, well, he's not here. He's risen from the dead, just like he said he would. Look, 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 this is where his body's lying. Now, ladies, you go and tell his disciples, including Peter. Oh, I love that. You go tell the disciples and Peter. Because, see, Jesus really wanted Peter to know. Jesus really wants Christ followers who who sinned, who've fallen, who, who were so depressed and discouraged and down in their spiritual life. He really wants us to know. And my friend Peter, another reason why Jesus really wanted him to know was because Peter was truly repentant. You see, there's some of us in our Christian life, there are times in our Christian life where we've forsaken the Lord, where we've fallen away, and we don't care. It's not bothering us. We think we're fine. Was that the situation with Peter? No, he wept bitterly. He knew what he had done. He admitted his sins. When Adam sinned in the garden, he didn't repent. He blamed Eve. When Eve sinned, she didn't repent. She blamed the serpent. And, and, and friends, blaming others for our sins. That's just human nature. But it makes us suffer the awful consequences of, of our sin because we refuse to admit it. We refuse to let God deal with that in our lives. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. 
1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful to us. And He is just. Because He's the just and holy one. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us. And to what? To cleanse us. To resurrect us. To bring us out of the death of that sin that it causes in our life. He's faithful to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. All that keeps us distant from following the Lord Jesus Christ. Will Jesus forgive you and me? Will he restore us no matter what we've done? Will he bless us? Yes. If we repent. He did to Peter. Oh, the wonderful grace of Jesus. Jesus is forgiving the man who during Jesus' trial three times denied it and sealed it with a curse. I don't know that blankety-blank man. Oh, the wonderful grace of Jesus. Amen. There is no sin too great for Jesus to forgive. The grace of Jesus is greater than all our sin. And he wants us to resurrect. He wants to resurrect us from it. Jesus wanted Peter to know that. And Jesus wants you and me to know that if, if we'll come to him, we've all sinned, if we'll come to him, we're not forsaken. You're not forsaken. Just be, if you, You're not forsaken. You're forgiven. Jesus is not out to get us. He's out to forgive us. If you'll come to Jesus, you'll be forgiven. Jesus wants us to know you have a future. Yes, you sinned, but he's ready to resurrect us. He's ready to give us an eternal future now and forever with him. Come to Jesus. Don't let your pride stop you. Don't let blaming others stop you. Come to Jesus. Let him resurrect you. And life lesson number four. Be forgiven. Be forgiven and freed by the wonderful grace of Jesus instead of wallowing in your sin. That's what sin does to us. We just wallow in that pit. Woe is me. I can't believe they did that to me. It's their fault. No. Be forgiven. Be freed by the grace of Jesus. The wonderful grace of Jesus. Greater than all our sins. All the sins in your past. All the sins in your life right now in the present. And every sin you will ever commit. It's the grace of Jesus Christ is greater and covers them all. I like Luke 24, verse 12. <laughs> it says this, Peter got up when he heard the news. Those ladies went back and told the disciples and Peter. What happened then? Peter got up. He ran to the tomb. He didn't walk. He ran. You ever run to Jesus? You ever realize, I need you so much. I don't care about anything else. I don't care who sees me. I don't care 
I need Jesus. Have you ever run to Jesus? He ran to the tomb, stopped him. He peered in. He saw the empty linen wrappings there. <laughs> but he didn't feel bad. He saw that the linen grave clothes were empty. He saw that the tomb was empty. Jesus wasn't there. Do you know what else wasn't there? Peter's son. Do you know what else was not in the empty tomb? Your son. My son. Because Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He remembers it no more. And Jesus' resurrection, Lord, your resurrection, if you'll let him, if you'll let him raise you, it doesn't just forgive us, it frees us, it cleanses us, it changes us. So that the next time someone hurts us, we don't hurt them back. And see, today, everybody here, you've been hurt. Some of you have been hurt severely. We can be set free from that. We can be set free from the bitter poison of remembering and rehearsing that sin, what someone did to us. We can be set free. We don't have to have that knot in our stomach anymore. We don't have to be down and discouraged and defeated. We can be set free. We've all been hurt. And we've all hurt others. And we can't go back and undo it. But we can ask for, for forgiveness. And when we do, if we're willing to do that, then we can be freed, forgiven and freed of the guilt that we have, that we are suppressing, guilt of the con free of the condemnation that we, our spirit is feeling in our life. Jesus died to forgive us of all of our sins. And those who follow Jesus, Jesus followers, they ask to be forgiven. And they forgive others. You know, I realized something this week. Um, you know, you, you can live a whole lifetime here on earth studying the Bible, and there are always great new truths that God wants to bring to you. You know, I realized Jesus never blamed others for his death. Think about that. He didn't blame other people. Certainly could have, right? I mean, we blame people for a lot less than that. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't seek revenge. He could have. He could call down a legion of angels, he, he said. Take care of those Romans. He didn't seek revenge. He didn't seek revenge for his disciples, for, for Judas who betrayed him. He didn't seek revenge against his disciples who abandoned him. He didn't seek revenge for all those people at the foot of the cross. Nobody did a thing to help him. He moved the stone. He moved the stone that any stone that hinders us having a relationship with him, a love relationship, and he resurrects us, Romans says, to live a new life 
a life of joy instead of guilt, a, a life of Christ-likeness instead of condemnation. Oh, the wonderful grace of Jesus. We can't change our past, but God can change us so that we're free of that. And so, friend, today, we all have our choice to make. We can blame others for our sin. And we will grow more and more miserable and more and more distant from the one who can forgive us. So we have a choice. We can keep blaming others for our sins, or we can come to the empty tomb. We can be cleansed by the Lord Jesus Christ. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. We can be cleansed by the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be resurrected. We can do that, or we can continue to suffer the consequences of refusing to confess our sins. We can continue to suffer the consequences of not letting God move that stone in our life that's a wall between us and Jesus. So this morning, what's your stone? What's your stone? stones but let's say stone what's what's the stone that it's keeping you from getting close to Jesus it's weighing you down Christian's life is not joyful and exciting and it's you're down what 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 sin would keep you from Jesus I, I I have a list of them here. I was going to read off suggestions for you. And God said, no, Ron. Let me tell you and everybody else what their stone is. What's your stone? The the thing that keeps you from really getting close to from being resurrected and living a, a life that's that's on fire for God. How many of us need a resurrection? I have not yet. I pray and have a resurrection every day. For some reason, I keep pushing stones in front of my relationship with Jesus. And I don't want to do that. I want a resurrection. And my prayer is, Lord Jesus, resurrect me. I hope it's yours. I hope you'll let God move that stone this morning. And and everyone, if you come to him, would you bow with me? Would you just talk to God yourself? I, I, I don't want to start t- praying. Please. I, I, you need to hear from the Lord. I need to hear from the Lord. Start talking to him. Let him tell you what stones are there. And let him tell you how much he loves you.
Jesus, resurrect me today. I let things, people, problems, pressures get in the way of my relationship with you. God, move in this place. I want to be with you. Lord, do that for my fellow Christians here, my brothers and sisters. Do that for us as a church. God, resurrect us. Raise us like you raised Jesus by your power. And that's exactly the promise of Scripture. That the very same power that God used to resurrect his son Jesus from the dead is the very same power that he wants to resurrect us. Oh God, thank you. Thank you that you're not mad at us. You're seeking us. Thank you that you're not out to get us, you're out to forgive us. Thank you, dear Father, that you're not holding our past against us. You're wanting to move us into a wonderful future of being close to Jesus now here on earth and really, really close to him in heaven forever and ever and ever. Lord, that's, that's, your, that's your plan for us. And that plan cost you the death of your own son. So God, we praise you. And help us not to settle, dear Lord, for a life of, of just going through the motions as a Christian. Deliver us from not living a life, dear Father, of being in your presence and for your glory. Oh, God, we look to you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Would you stand with me, please? God's a speaking God. Uh, I know God's spoken to you today, not because the sermon is great. God's spoken to you because he loves you. <laughs> and he has a plan for you. And I just pray that you and I will take that step that God's speaking to us about. That we'll let God move away those things that are hindering us and destroying us and our family and our future and our finances and our health and all that, God, because that's what sin does, God. We're going to let you move those things. And dear Lord, we want to live a life like Peter because for the rest of his life, he was on fire for Jesus. And God, that's what we want to do. We want to leave this building as, as Christ followers who are passionate and, and powerful and, and free of sin and free of condemnation, free of guilt and, and truly free to live 
a wonderful life that you created us for. So God, that's how we want to go. Resurrected. Living for Jesus. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.